0: This is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. uh, Thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree (laughs) on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Burgess. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Joining us via the telephone from Sioux Falls uh, this morning as we're speaking. uh, It's afternoon as this is airing. Jeff Ash joining us from over in the Sioux Falls area. He's over there to watch his daughter play a little Augustana volleyball, I'm guessing. Lefty, what's going on?
1: Yeah, Todd, we played the number one team in the nation last night, Wayne State from Wayne, Nebraska. And we battled them pretty good. We lost in three. First set was good. Uh, We were, I think we lost 21-25, something like that. And then the second set wasn't so good. Third set, we uh, lost 23-25. So we're kind of right there. We you know we we talk about this every week and how tough our conference is and it's true. Yep. But um we we're right there with a lot of these teams. We played SMSU last week, lost in four. You know, all these teams are ranked in the top tens. We did well, we talked last Friday and I said we were hopefully gonna get a little step down in class, which we won both games last weekend, so that was nice. So we're kinda sitting right where we kinda thought we would be in the middle of the conference. So we're trying to vie for that top eight spot to get into the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we play USF, so that's the big rival. So we have to go to their place, which is like two blocks okay. across campus to USF. Yeah. But that's always a big one, so that's where we'll be heading Yeah, you, uh, tomorrow. Buy- so Kind of just messing around today, doing some work.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's outstanding that Sioux Falls has two uh, schools right there in the same conference. Boy, that does create yeah. a, a good rivalry uh, <laughs> there in Sioux Falls between those schools, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's a great rivalry, and that's the one I know the football game they just had. It's called the key to the city game.
0: Yeah,
1: Augie took care of business there. So we're pretty even with uh, USF. And again, anytime you have a rivalry game, you kind of can throw out records and everything else. There's just a little extra there. Nobody wants to lose to the other. And that runs deep. I know some USF grads that can't stand Augie. Augie can't stand USF and that never <laughs> goes away. So so that's that's cool. though. That's what sports is about.
0: That's what makes the rivalry great. That's right, especially exactly. especially when it's kind of the neighborhood and and they tromp a lot of the same grounds recruiting and so forth too.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, and a lot of them do end up being friends, of course. But when it, it's no different than stepping in onto the tee box with your buddies, you're like, I do, I am not losing this. Like, yes. there's no way. Yeah, we can go have a beer afterwards or have some lunch together. But you want to beat them. There's no question.
0: Yeah, and that's no the way it is. Yep.
1: And then it's kind of like the thing that's cool about rivalries. I think is. When it's in your household, like for us growing up, you know, Prince Brick, Central Minnesota, Christian for McCray, that was just, you know, I always told my, my kids, I said, that is the one you guys got to circle. Like, we cannot lose that game. I don't care what's going on this season. That's <laughs> the one. And you've got Michigan, Ohio State, you know, Duke, North Carolina. Bikes Packers to some extent. Um, but it's just one of those that, and I'm sure you had them too. You're like, oh, boy, here. Yep. This one's coming up. we got to get ready. we got to get focused. I don't care what's happened. If we can get this win, uh, the whole season can feel like a success. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of where we're at.
0: If I had to pick one for Wilmer, it's got to be Ricori. They're the nearest team. Right. Central Lakes Conference rivals for all these years. And generally, no matter what the sport is, uh, that's probably Wilmer's biggest rival. And those are games. They carry extra juice in those games. They are your nearest uh, conference rival. It's not like a neighborhood rivalry like you're referencing, where McRae and Central Minnesota Christian are only a few miles from one another. It's not quite like that. Uh, But still, uh, that's the team you play every year in every sport, so you get tired of seeing them.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like the golfers in Iowa. You know, everybody circles that one too. Yep. And Wisconsin, the neighboring states. that's kind of the same for your neighboring town. Yep, that's right. If that's it's a bigger school, it just puts it out a little bit further. But yeah. there's just something about it. And I think it gives you, you know, whether it's as a fan, as a player, as a coach, it gives you like a focal point, too. You can always be like, guys, you know, no matter what happened here, we got this coming up, and we got to be ready for this, and we got to, you know, we got to give it our best. And I think you can always just bring a little bit more out of it. When you think of some of those rivalries over the years and how those games played out they were kind of epic yeah whether it's on a small scale or on the national stage but so that's that's what we got tomorrow and it's kind of fun you know this has kind of become a little home away from home because we spend so much time down here with yeah. awesome great friends and families down here and um love sioux falls uh carrie's actually got a bunch of her girlfriends coming today so they're gonna check out the town, and I'm gonna work. Uh, we have we have a branch right right across from where we stay at the hotel, so so it actually works pretty good for me, and I get to take it all in, enjoy it. And like I've been saying every week, just trying to soak it in because this is it. So, right. That's what I'm doing. Right. That's right. Uh, one other thing, I we golfing. They thought if the weather would have been a little better, but oh yeah, it's not good. This is uh, this good. is one of those where you'd really have to have a reason to go. Yeah.
0: You and I and snow <laughs> are kind of the same. We'll golf until we can't golf anymore in the fall. Absolutely. Bolson, yep. he hangs it up kind of early. He likes to go to the hunting yeah. and so forth a little He's early. Stopped. But, He's but that's we right. I'll still play. Next week is supposed to be nice. I, I am not taking the golf clubs out of my trunk for quite a while yet because you just never you, know. You
1: guys, down to Hawk. Hawk is in awesome shape, so maybe we can still make that happen. One I, day.
0: I'm up for it. Do you let you yeah. let me know? I will be there.
1: Uh, we'll hey, check we forecast and work on that.
0: Yeah, we both did uh, attend a Twins game, uh, one of their playoff games. We both saw a loss. At least you had a game that had some interest in it. By the time I got yeah. in the building, now, I don't know what your experience was with the traffic uh, down there, oh, but that. I was there mid-afternoon, so there wasn't no, no spots available oh. on the ramp. So then I'm into the streets of Minneapolis looking for parking. I arrived downtown, and when I saw uh, all the ramps were full, it was 225. So then I pull off onto 4th Street, and I start looking for parking. I sat in my seat. It was 20 after 3. It took me nearly oh. an hour to find parking, get in the building, get in my seat. And when I sat down, I looked up. The Twins were just leaving the field. I didn't know what had happened. And then I look at the <laughs> scoreboard, four runs already. I yeah. wasn't even in my seat. We're down 4 nothing against Houston. Well, I didn't really think we were coming back from that, and they didn't. So at least you got a good game in the one you went to.
1: Yeah, it was a good game from the aspect that it was fairly close, but that crowd was so ready to pop. Yeah. They just wanted something good to happen, and they just they could not get it going. I know we texted some throughout the series, and the amount of swinging and missing was ridiculous. Yeah, Especially from the, I get it, the bottom of our order. You know, as the season went along to me, it's kind of like when I look at those guys, I'm like, okay, the bottom of our order doesn't really match up with some of these other teams that are playing yet. But the middle of our order is what disappointed me. I mean, the amount of (laughs) swinging and missing by Royce. And just all those guys with guys on base, not advancing, you know, the situational hitting, it's just swing and miss, swing and miss, swing yep. and miss. So that's that That was disheartening. I mean, we were just waiting to get a couple guys on base. That target field would have absolutely – the top's already off, but it would have freaking blown up if we could have gotten the day from some runners on or something. And it was just waiting for that to happen. and It just never really did. So you kind of yeah. left like, ah, yeah. can't we get something going here? You know, and I didn't – you probably know when you're there, the nice part about being – at home and watching, is you can listen to what the announcers and analysts yeah. and stuff are saying. I didn't know this whole pitching thing, you know, taking Ryan out and then doing a pitcher every inning. What, what was the plan there? I, I still haven't found that out.
0: That was the plan. The, the plan was is that I don't think uh, they trusted Joe Ryan to face the Astros' lineup a second time. So I think Thanks. they determined ahead of time that he was getting nine hitters, and however that went, that was going to be it for okay. him. He wound up facing eight guys, and then they wanted Brock Stewart to start with a clean inning to not – begin with guys on base potentially or come in in the middle of the inning so they pulled him after two but you could see that ryan didn't know that that's what was going to happen because on tv they showed uh rocco go over to him at the moment he told him he was coming out he put his hand wow. on his shoulder said something to him and ryan jerked his head toward him looked up and went wow what? so You're he like, was what? completely stunned uh, and I know. and Rocco pats him on the shoulder a couple of times again then and tries to explain it to him. Now, that's not what lost that game. The bullpen did pitch well. Thiel, uh, Thielbar gave up the home run that wound up being the yeah. game-losing home run, but he hadn't hardly given up any home runs all year long. So uh, I, I, the way it turned out, it was fine. I hated it at the time, though, pulling your starter yeah. after two innings.
1: Well, and you're kind of a purist like me, too. And we yep. talked about this one, of you know, maybe it was last week about the analytics and, and all of these different things now, and it's just like, I mean, I'm just thinking if I'm Joe Ryan, you know, and I we both pitch, so yep. I would have been so lubed up overnight and ready for that scene, yep. and whether he knew it, you have a hard time believing that it had to be a surprise, but like you're saying, it kind of seemed like it, I would be beside myself. You know, it's not like he was out of the game, he, you know, sometimes you're still settling in, um, he had, had a nice season. Yeah, and you know just like are we overthinking this or can we just can we just manage for this game like let's see what's happening in this game let's see how he's doing I mean any one of these game pitchers even their pitcher you know we were like oh this guy he's nothing special yeah all we did was swing and miss you know Adam for the six innings that he pitched so I doubt that that was their script I highly doubt that was their script like well I'm sure he's going to strike out seven guys in six innings
0: yeah
1: you know but they went with it and and who knows the backside but Some of this almost seems like overmanaging that is happening these days, especially in baseball.
0: It is. There's no question that's what it is. The analytics have uh, infected uh, the game, in my opinion, and not always for the best. And I don't think they're really looking out for the safety of their pitchers in a lot of cases because they have every pitcher now throwing max effort on every ball and they're trying to pump velocity as King, you know, if you can hit a hundred miles an hour, you can pitch for us, but to what detriment, look how many guys are having their arms blow out. Now I don't have any empirical data in front of me that says that since the analytics era came in, which is this century, that suddenly there's more Tommy John elbow ligament surgeries, but it sure feels like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about knee injuries and in other sports too, but it's not like they're toning those guys down either. I mean, yeah. it's, i don't know what the deal is with baseball, but the, it comes down to these guys are like these guys are athletes. I mean, the way an athlete is built is, give me the ball, I'm going to figure this out, and let's see how it goes here. And that's baseball is a little bit different that way because the pitcher is so important. Yep. You know, it's—it's it's not like okay, we got to go away from the run here. We can pass. We still got the same players, and it's like if he doesn't have it going, you know, it's not going to be good. But if he's got it going in the moment, it's like, so we're going to predict what's going to happen the next time we go through the lineup right now? Right. It's like, let's see if we get in trouble. Yeah. You know, let's see. Maybe today's the day. Uh, There's been a lot of stories written after the fact, you know, of, wow, look at that outing. And I think Houston's probably saying that about their pitcher. Like, we got more than we bargained for with him, you know, this guy tonight. Yep. So, you know, of course you and I know it all because we talk on (laughs) the podcast. But but just trying to be a fan, but also somebody that, you know, has pitched and you know, no, not been in that moment, but the, I always try like to say it's all relative, you know, whether you're pitching in your high school game, your college game, your town team, yeah. it's still your, it's still somewhat the same, you know, it's big as, to you,
0: you know, at well, that right, time, it's big, it's big. And,
1: and it's still and how you're handling that and stuff in yep. those big moments at whatever level it is, it's still the same, you yeah. know, I mean, so it's like you brought up your whole life. Like I'm sure all those guys, they probably had pitched twelve, thirteen innings in a row in high school. You know, like, yep. well, they can't. I me. I'm just going to keep pitching. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I'll pitch the next game too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, hey. and then you come here and it's predetermined somehow. I know. Didn't we just have this conversation about? Yep. Um. It was was it a different game where they only pitched two innings? And you said it was management. Yep. Or what? what Decided or ahead at a time. No, no.
0: It was an American League uh, playoff game here recently. I can't quite remember. Uh, Which one it was. Oh, it was when Toronto pulled their starter against the Twins uh, after two innings. They did the same thing, or three innings, maybe. And then he came out. It was Jose Barrios. He pitched three innings and struck out, like, five guys and looked (laughs) terrific, and they pulled him.
1: Exactly. yep, yep. Exactly. Yep, yep. And so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh. It was. Anyway, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, so now it's on to the offseason for the Twins. They can't do anything until after the World Series is over. There's no moves that are allowed to be made. But then free agency begins. Sonny Gray is a free agent. I've read where he's going to probably get a contract uh, uh, similar to uh, uh, a pitcher for Toronto. Chris Bassett got. Uh, they're the yeah. same age, 30, age 34 season uh, coming up. He got three years and $62 million. Would you give Sonny Gray a three-year, $62 million contract?
1: The guy that we didn't even trust to pitch more than two innings?
0: No, no. That's the Sonny Gray I'm talking oh, about. That's Sonny, Joe, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yep, not Joe yeah, Ryan. Not Joe Ryan, No, bad. no. Uh,
1: well, that's just the way it is. I mean, what I know, but I wouldn't spend all this money that everybody's spending either. It doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. it's just crazy what those guys get paid. But like you said, if there's the equivalent out there and they've got some kind of baseline to say, well, this is similar... Yep. You know what do you say? <laughs> do you I want? Don't know.
0: What do you? Uh, would you bring Sonny Gray back at any cost, or is there a number in the years no. that you won't go to?
1: <laughs> I do think it's always a little bit more interesting when you've gone to the postseason and you kind of have that taste in your mouth too. Yep, yep. It's probably a good time for him. Yep. As far as him negotiating on his side, so how old is he?
0: Thirty four.
1: Ooh. So okay. it's the
0: same as this Chris Bassett. They're age thirty four yeah. to thirty six season three years 62 that, million is what he got
1: you're reaching the end there though that's for sure
0: yep i don't think i'd go beyond that that's for sure yeah. so i would like to bring sunny gray back and if that's the contract it's not my money so yeah spend it <laughs> if, right. if you're the twins you know <laughs> well, uh, we're
1: usually complaining about that yeah i think we're probably i think probably i'm putting personal belief in there the fact that how the heck are these guys getting paid but that's what the market is. That's where right. the money, wherever the heck this invisible money is coming from, it seems like. It's not invisible.
0: Did you not see the 40,000 Twins fans screaming <laughs> and, and <laughs> yeah. paying $7.83 for a root beer? That's what I paid at the yeah. Twins game for a killabrew root I beer, Seven eighty I bought
1: two drinks, and it was $38. <laughs> and I said, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so holy cow.
0: well, you have to pay Carlos Correa two hundred million dollars. You have to pay Byron Buxton a yep. hundred million to play half a season and then injured uh, that whole time. So the 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 teams themselves make their money the in the postseason. Get, so the Twins made a ton the of money. To get the product. Yeah, yep, yeah, That's right. So you <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you wouldn't bring Gray back then for that contract.
1: I, I think I would probably agree with you. Like I said, okay. take out my personal yeah. stuff with that because at least you have an ace there that you can continue to build your staff around a yeah. little bit. And, yeah. Which we haven't had. We've well, I, th- I think together.
0: Lopez is the ace, though, right now, right? I mean, isn't, isn't Lopez the ace, yeah. don't you think?
1: With his stuff, probably. Yeah, yeah. I so. think, I think uh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right.
0: But Gray is right there. It's like 1A and 1B, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you I, think about Moxie that Gray possesses, I mean, he's a real leader in the clubhouse, but the so is Lopez. More. Yeah. yeah, he's a terrific Just kind leader. Of the, from yep. the
1: leadership role yep. This yep. is what I was thinking of. So yep. I'm sure when you look at who's my ace, Probably def- how you define ace, you know, like who's my best pitcher with the best stuff? Yep, yeah, probably Lopez. But yeah. who's the guy? Am I going to trust here for sure? It might be that yeah. way. So it yeah, might be. Yeah, it's That's good right. problems, I guess. At least we're talking about some, you know, things to build on here. I'm excited of, about next year. I, yeah, I, do we have to start all over, yeah. here or what?
0: I'm not disappointed. They lost to Houston. I didn't expect them to beat the Astros. They're not quite ready for that. They need more playoff experience, their young guys, as we saw them pressing and swinging at everything that was thrown up there. Uh, So I think they'll be better at that next year. All these, these, what did they get in, uh, six playoff games, that's good experience for their young guys. Uh, Royce Lewis to carry these games forward into the future, I think we see him take a lot more disciplined at bats, uh, hopefully when they're back in the playoffs. Uh, again next year. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, Vikings gonna quick, be, Jeff. He's going get...
1: to become a starter. Yeah. So
0: as long as he's healthy, and so he's far right. he hasn't been. So hopefully, I know, <laughs> and he's so, so young. F- hopefully it changes. It didn't change for he's Buxton. Right. Hopefully it changes for Lewis. So the Vikings and Bears on Sunday, uh, it's a must win for the Vikes, isn't it? I mean, they get San Francisco next week. Oh geez, yes. They could be one in six if they don't beat the Bears uh, in Sunday's game. They have to beat them.
1: Yeah. If we're simply just talking about you know like this season and where we're sitting for record wise and stuff, yeah, that's a no brainer that they have to win. And kind of like we talked before we came came on, the unfortunate part is there's so much other baggage with the, with the Vikes right now going yeah. on that yeah. I said I kind of cringe now. As much as I love the Vikes and the purple, I kind of cringe when you bring up the Vikes because it's like, oh boy. And I know I've talked a few times. I just I think this JJ thing is going to get a little bit ugly. As far as I just. I'm worried about him wanting to be with the Vikings anymore. Mm. Um, once things go, I mean, I think Kirk's going to go at some point. I mean, that's like all the talk. Yep. Usually, when it's this kind of talk, like during the season, like this, it's not like fake news. I mean, yep. like there's stuff behind it. Like he's going somewhere. Something's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: And like then you kind of sit there with this bad record, and you've got these guys, and you got the salary cap, and whatever else. So I don't know. You know more about that than I do, but. Yeah, we got to win this week, but yep. it's not feeling real good right now for the purple.
0: No, it isn't. Uh, so Snow asked me a couple of weeks ago if I thought the Vikings should be tanking after they picked up their first win and only <laughs> win of the season, and I said no. I like to watch winning football, but right. if they find themselves at one and six after the next two weeks, then I am in favor of tanking because there's <laughs> some really good quarterbacks at the top. At one and six, you're not going to the playoffs. And no. I don't care about finishing second in the division. I really don't. So if they're no. one and six, then I'm in favor of it. I don't think Cousins is going anywhere via trade. Uh, I just, no. it's hard to trade a starting quarterback midseason. I don't know if there's yep. a team out there. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, we'll see if it does or not. But, um, but you know, they got to beat the Bears. I think they will on Sunday, and then we'll see against the Niners uh, next week. Lefty, good, good luck job. to Augustana in volleyball today, and uh, safe travels while you're out there.
1: All right. Sounds good, Todd. Thanks, man.
0: Jeff Ash joining us here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.